from the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee. This is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. Dear friends, we're delighted to have you along today, and I trust that you'll find your way here five days a week right here on this station. At this time, we're right here opening the Bible every day, taking time to do some things that'll be a help to every one of us. Now, this week, we've been looking at a series that I've entitled, Who is in Charge Here?, and we'll look at some more details of that in just a moment because today I've entitled my message for you, The Lord's Deputized Leadership. We'll look at some things about that in just a moment. I want to first of all salute our veterans because today, November the 11th, is Veterans Day here in America. Now, if you're listening to us somewhere outside the country, we welcome you as we do every day. But here in America, we salute those who have served in our armed forces and who have helped to keep our nation free. And if you're a veteran, we salute you. We thank God for you. We appreciate so much your service to our country. And today is a very special day, and I hope you'll walk tall and accept the gratitude of all of us who will salute you on this special day. Let me remind you now, tomorrow is the day for our Sword of the Lord Men's Conference to begin, 6 p.m. tomorrow night. We kick it off. We'll have a big evening, and then Saturday morning all the way till 1.15 in the afternoon on Saturday. It is cram-packed with all kinds of things. Men, don't miss out. If you haven't registered yet, get on the Sword website today at swordofthelord.com. Get registered or call us here at the Sword of the Lord, and we'll be glad to get you signed up and ready to go. We'll see you at 6 p.m. tomorrow night for the Sword of the Lord Men's Conference. Now, these are special days, good days to serve the Lord, to walk with Him, and we're excited for the privilege that we have to be in the Lord's service. Let's look today at this general theme for the week, Who is in Charge Here? Well, the fact is, the Lord has placed some people in charge of various things in our life. We need to be specific about that. We need to be practical about it and just sign on to where the Lord says that somebody is supposed to be in charge. If you were to ask me, well, where has the Lord placed his leaders or his deputies, people that he has assigned the responsibility of leading? Well, let's begin right where everything in society begins, and that's in the home. The Lord has placed leadership in the home for the family so that things will function in a good, proper, orderly, and godly way. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll discover some important principles there. I always begin with a verse that is often overlooked. It is often ignored. It is often not even in the mix when people talk about these kinds of things. It's verse 21, Ephesians chapter 5, and it says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That's talking to the husband. That's talking to the wife. And it says that they are to submit themselves to each other, and they're to do that in the fear of God. And what that simply is telling me is this, if they are both walking with God, and if they're listening to the Lord and His instructions, then they can develop the kind of partnership that will indeed be a blessed and wonderful relationship. But it is necessary that somebody be in charge. You know, if you have two people riding on a horse, one of them has to be in front. And I think that's exactly what we have here. One person sitting in front just a bit, being the leader, being in charge, moving things forward, taking responsibility. And what the Bible says here, if you look carefully about this, 
We are supposed to be husband and wife submitted to each other and all of that under the umbrella of God's provision. All of that recognizing the authority of God. And verse 23 pointedly says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. So three times, though, in this chapter, verses 25, 28, and 33, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives. We are to love, and we are to show and demonstrate that love. Okay, so we're in charge, but we're to do that in a loving way. That leadership is to be a loving leadership. And gentlemen, let me say this clearly, and ladies, I hope you're listening too, because what you love, you will protect, and what you love, you will provide for. And this passage here is talking about not some just little attachment. It's not talking about some superficial kind of relationship. It's talking about a very deep, very positive, very powerful love where we are yielded to each other, where we're committed to each other, where we are willing to do everything that needs to be done for that person with whom we have established this relationship. So husbands, yes, love your wives. You are in charge of the family, but you are to do that in a loving and generous way. Now, at the same time, this passage has a term in it for the wife when it says wives submit. Now, you say, what does that mean? Well, it means to follow. It means that you're going to be in this relationship recognizing the fact that your husband is at the head of the stream. He is the one who's taking the lead, and you yield yourself to that. And I say again, if you put verse 21 in the mix here, where that you submit yourselves one to another, both of you recognizing God's authority, neither one of you have anything to fear. You have only blessing to anticipate, because if you do this, plugging in these Bible principles, it's going to make a great and grand difference in your life, in your marriage, in your family. Your home is going to be something very, very special. Folks, this is the way it's supposed to work. But both of you must work at it if you're going to get this happening like it's supposed to. This does not mean the husband is a tyrant, and it does not mean that the wife is a doormat. I want you to understand that. I mean, God has given us great principles here, and these are principles that will work, and both husband and wife may rise to the peak of their potential to be the person that they should be and want to be, and they can do that with God's instructions fully in place. And so when we come to the house, we come to the home, we come to the family, who's in charge here? The Lord has laid that out very, very clearly for us. Now, let's look at a second thing. Talking about who's in charge, we come to the church, and we have to look at that in a very, very definite way. So many churches act as though nobody's in charge. So many churches have set up boards, they've set up committees that run things that are totally outside of the perspective that God has given for the local church. Now, I understand pastoral leadership is certified in the Bible. Not everybody can handle that responsibility. And when you read 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, you have two very detailed sets of instructions about who is to be accorded the privilege of leadership. I'm talking about pastoral leadership in the local church. Now, who's in charge here? Well, let me say it very clearly, friends, and I'm going to give you some scripture here in just a moment. But it's not the deacons. And it's not, if you've got an elder board, I don't know where in the world you came up with that, but it's not what's supposed to be running the church. 
Now, there are definitions in the Bible about deacons, about who they are, what they're to do, but there is nothing in that that suggests they are to be the rulers of the church. In fact, to the contrary, the pastor is to be the leader of the church. That does not mean, again, that he's a tyrant. It does not mean that he is some totalitarian authority, but it does mean that he is responsible to lead the church. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 13. We have three verses here that directly address what I'm trying to tell you here. Verse 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. So we have two things that tell us here. This is talking about the leadership, the pastoral leadership in the church. It says they're the ones who've spoken to you the word of God, and they're the ones who have set such an example of faith that you can follow them. And they have, according to verse 7, they have the charge or the rule of the church. They are the ones that are leading. Look at verse 17. This verse says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So we're told now, in the context of the local church, we are to respond obediently to the leadership that is given there. That simply means that we follow those who have charge. Now, if things get out of hand, if things get crazy, if somebody starts becoming a tyrant and they do ungodly and wicked things, there are other provisions for that. But we're talking about normal circumstances here. We're talking about what is to be the norm, what is to be the kind of way that a church is supposed to function. Folks, I didn't make this up. This is in the Bible. This is in the Word of God. Look at verse 24 also that says, Salute all them that have the rule over you and all the saints. So we are supposed to give place to the leadership that God has put in the local church. Dear friends, somebody has to lead. If your church is directed by a group of committees, no wonder they're not getting anywhere. No wonder they're not accomplishing God's agenda for the local church. No wonder our cities are drying up, dying, and going to hell because our churches have gotten so far off track that they're not doing the business of God the way that the business of God is supposed to be done. So what are we saying here? Who is in charge? Well, God's laid it out in the family. God's laid it out in the church. Well, we've got one more consideration here, and that is the government. Should our nation, any nation, have a civil authority that is in charge of managing things and taking care in a governmental kind of a way? Well, yes, and Romans chapter 13 lays some of those things out very, very clearly. Now, there are seven verses here that address this matter. Some of them, if you read them as though this applies to every person who gets in charge, you're going to misread what it says. Romans chapter 13 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. This is God's ideals and God's intent. This is the way God intends for it to be. This does not address a situation where some wicked person comes into power and begins to do all kinds of ungodly things. This doesn't mean that we have to give in to every pressure of wickedness that some ungodly ruler will bring to power. It does not mean that at all. These are God's ideals telling us how he intends for government to be handled. Verse 2 says we're not to resist the power 
of the government. Verse number three says that rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Again, we're talking about God's ideals. He wants the person who is in charge of leadership to deal rightly with people who are doing right, but at the same time, if somebody's doing evil, the government has authority to deal with that. This does not address, again, let me say clearly, this does not address the situation where some wicked, ungodly person gets in power and begins to do malicious and wicked things. We have God's plan here, and it's up to us to get it implemented. That's why I tell you, it's so important that you vote. You ought to look carefully. I mean, everything from the election of your city council, your school board, your state representatives, your governor, your U.S. senators, and your U.S. representatives, and the presidency every single time that there's an election. You and I need to go to the polls. We need to cast our vote and let our voice be heard. Dear friends, when good people do nothing, then wicked people rise to power. And we need to do everything that we can to be sure that good people, right people, some of you who listen to me ought to right now be thinking about running for some public office. Not everybody should do that, but some of you have the ability, some of you have the presence about you, you have the education for it, and maybe even the ability to raise the money to do it. And I want to encourage you, if you are somebody like that, you ought to prayerfully consider running for some office. You've got to start low. You're not going to be able to start at the top, but do what you can do to have an impact and to be one of God's deputies in our government so that things go like they're supposed to go. Now, I know I've covered a lot of ground here today, but I want you to know these are Bible principles and they are locked in here because God wants us to give place to his deputized authorities. Now, if you have questions, send me a note. I'll be glad to respond when we can. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133, or the email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I look forward to being back with you again tomorrow, and I hope that you'll join me then. Until that time, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.